0: Big Corners, Matt, across the screen from me, just finished up an awesome conversation with Bethany Hamilton and her husband, Adam. Matt, I'll let you take it away from here.
1: This was great. It was a great conversation. I think uh, all the listeners are gonna enjoy this one. Um, It's just always good to, I always enjoy talking to New
0: Corners uh, and I feel like they're just such a great addition to the community. Yeah. And I mean, just to add on top of that, it was really awesome to to hear from Adam and Bethany and kind of get their take and their digestion of this Bitcoin bull run and what they're kind of experiencing. And then, you know, today, uh, 20 plus percent dip uh, waking up to that. Uh, I mean, it, you know, they, they're people, they're Bitcoiners, they're new coiners, and they're kind of going through it just like the rest of us. Uh, but it was really encouraging to hear like their perspective and their long-term, you know, kind of mentality around Bitcoin.
1: I mean, it's super interesting, like to come in as a new coiner, um, that already has an established platform, right? Because I feel like a lot of us go through the same, uh, path into Bitcoin and, and you're going to see that we discussed this, uh, at length in this conversation, but, um, the fact that she did it and Adam did it at a time when they already had this massive platform and they decided to have this, you know, basically they, they came to the conclusion that they have to come out and talk to people about how important this monetary revolution is. Um, gotta be an amazing amount of pressure to put yourself in because you're a new corner. You don't really, you're still trying to, you know, you're still trying to ride the wave and figure out what's going on. So to do that at the same exact time is, uh, going to be quite the challenge for them. But, you know, I, I think they're up for the task and it's going to be pretty cool to watch it develop.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like they took putting laser eyes on Bethany's Twitter profile a lot more seriously than <laughs> you and I did. You know, we were just like- Or hey, Tom
1: hey, Brady hey, even,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah. But again, like both of them have this kind of like understanding of Bitcoin, you know, kind of like more at a, like a high level and appreciation for it. Whereas like you typically see these new coiners going into shitcoin degeneracy pretty much off the bat. And they credited Thank God for Bitcoin. And, you know, we're friends with several of the folks who authored that book. So it's pretty awesome to see that book having just such an immediate kind of high impact.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's like there's there's this viral feedback loop, right, where you have people come into Bitcoin and they just fall in love with it and they get obsessed with it. So they create content. And then that content brings in new people. And fortunately, I guess just naturally, that content has basically uh, gotten stronger and stronger over time. So nowadays, I think we really take it for granted how many new coiners come in and they come in with relatively solid foundations, right? It used to be like you'd come into Bitcoin and you just hit the wood chipper. You, know, you just like go into the YouTube videos and you just go straight into the shitcoin coin wood chipper. Uh, so this is like a nice, um, especially... Me and you, you know, we dedicate so much of our time to producing Bitcoin content. So it's a really nice validation to see that it actually helps people, that it actually, you know, makes their path into Bitcoin easier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, another way to kind of help bring people into the Bitcoin space is meeting Bitcoiners in person. Uh, Both Matt and I are going to be at the Bitcoin 2021 event. Um, At this point, tickets are 100% sold out. This podcast is coming out, you know, the week of the conference. So if you're listening to this, it's straight FOMO time. It's too late. You can't come, but you can watch it online. <laughs> uh, we're going to be streaming the main stage on Bitcoin Magazine YouTube, as well as on Bitcoin Magazine Twitter. Um, I would suggest that you buy a ticket. But again, we're sold out. So you you missed out on your chance. But next year, next year, we will be selling Bitcoin 2022 tickets immediately after the conference is over on the 6th. And uh Yeah, keep your eye out for that, and don't miss out on uh, the new biggest event in Bitcoin history.
1: Cheers to that! Really looking forward
0: to. uh, I think this is going to be it's going to be quite the party, so I'm really excited for it. Yeah, man, and it's been a long time since I've seen you in person, so I owe you a hug, man. And uh, it's it's been a hell of a year so far, and I just I just can't wait to see all the Bitcoiners in Miami.
1: Likewise, it really does feel like it feels like the culmination of it. And I'm personally, I'm I'm. I'm uh, running this free open source dome. So if you will be at the conference, definitely stop in, say hi, and uh, meet some of your favorite open source devs.
0: Yeah, I mean, before we get into the podcast, let's just talk about that a little bit. I think, you know, Bitcoin 2020 has, you know, right or wrong has been, you know, criticized by a lot of Bitcoiners, but we are truly doing our best to create an environment that it can highlight the best in Bitcoin. And I think the open source dome is just one example of that. Um, Can you kind of just talk about like, what's the idea behind the open source dome? What kind of content um, people can expect there? Well,
1: it's almost, you know, it's almost a conference within a conference. I mean, the capacity of the open source dome is 150 people. Um, we have a stacked lineup of open source developers and project teams, uh, that will be speaking across the two days. Um, and then there's going to be like this, there's going to be like an open workspace area and tables where the projects can spread out and like have their, their shine, shining light. You know, they can talk to, uh, users who are interested. They can talk to other devs, um, And I, I, you know, it comes from this idea that I think the Bitcoin community has been very strong about, um, which is giving back and is which, you know, it it comes from this. I think it comes from this whole like open source ethos, right, Um, where the community is basically coming together for the common good. Um, And it's just it's just great to see an event of the magnitude of Bitcoin uh, 2021, you know, really pay it proper focus uh, and it's gonna be it's it's gonna be uh, a pretty awesome experience. I'm pretty excited for it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we I don't think we could have done it pr- properly without your help, Matt. So thanks so much for for being a part of it. And again, to all the Bitcoiners out there, come to the conference, come to Miami, check it out online, whatever is feasible. It's worth it. Uh, it's going to be an incredible event. Um, but until then, enjoy this amazing conversation between Matt and Bethany and Adam Hamilton.
1: Cheers. This is a fun one. Sounds Bethany, good. Adam, thank you for joining us. Um, I've been really excited about this interview. Uh, you know, we we in Bitcoin land, it's like our it's our big coming out party. It almost feels like this year and it's been a who's who of, of people coming in and saying they like the coin they like bitcoin um and a lot of times it comes with laser eyes so i mean when when we when i got introduced to you being a bitcoiner bethany it was you donning laser eyes on twitter um so welcome to bitcoin magazine uh you know all things bitcoin over here so i i figured we can hit two things here uh, in this interview keep it nice nice and tight interview um I want to discuss like your, your personal uh, journey into Bitcoin, how you discovered Bitcoin, um, specifically this, this great post you have, the silver lining uh, that you posted on your blog as, as, you know, alongside your laser eyes. Um, and then your, your interest in Bitcoin Beach, which has been a personal uh, passion of mine as well and a very exciting project that's happening um, in El Salvador. Uh, so I mean, with, with, that, with all that said, let, let's start with how you guys discovered Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, so we've heard of Bitcoin for over four or five years now. Um, my brother is into Bitcoin, but we kind of ignored him. We weren't ready for it. We weren't ready to hear it, you know? And we didn't have like a strong reason pushing us to like really discover it, um, I would say.
3: Yeah, you know, and I feel like. We weren't ready. I, I don't know, there's something interesting about Bitcoin where you almost have to be ready for it, ready to hear it. And it, I guess what it took was like kind of that rock bottom moment in life. And that for us, that was like the, the pandemic hitting and then our, our salary getting cut in half. And like, we started like questioning everything that's going on in the government. And like, and then we started to go down the rabbit hole. Of like, how do we protect not only our, our sovereignty, how do we protect our, um, our family and how do we, how do we plan for the future and where, and so that kind of took us on that journey, kind of like how we laid it out in a silver lining. Um, so that's kind of, that was kind of our beginning. And then as far as like announcing it to everybody, like, Hey, we're Bitcoiners. <laughs> like I, we, we've been, we've been like battling with that for like months now, like
2: I was like, I don't want to just like talk about it, it, but I like follow all these like Twitter crew. I have like my little like folder of click on, I don't even go on Twitter. I just go into my folder for my Bitcoin Twitter feed. And some of it's a little out there and wild. Some of it's like spot on. Some of it's just really like great information, continually helping me learn. So it's been really Hmm. cool. Um, But I kind of think of it like, Okay, I'm, I'm kind of a health nerd, too. I really like living healthy. I like learning about it. I want to, like, be healthy as I age. You know, I want to get to my grandma years and be able to crawl on the ground with my grandkids and feel good at that point. But I feel like a lot of people, unless they have something blaring in their health, blaringly wrong with their health, like something that's very like, oh, my gosh, something's wrong with me. I got to figure this out if they just have like kind of mundane health and it doesn't really like, there's not much g- bad going on. You don't really have the right. need to go and correct to that. But then when something big comes up, like, Oh my gosh, I got diagnosed with stage one cancer or, you know, Oh, um, I all of a sudden can't sleep at all, all night long. And now it's affecting all areas of my life. Like until you have that like blaring thing come on, that's, not good you don't really want like we're kind of lazy we just don't want to deal with it so i think like in the realm of i don't want to just say financial financial realm but let's just say the financial realm
1: it's like (laughs) long-term thinking versus short-term thinking right it's 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 yeah but even like immediate.
2: yeah and even immediate like for us, a lot of it was short-term and long-term and like just trying to get more responsible across the the, the whole spectrum.
3: That was a good metaphor though. With, like, I feel like in the medical realm of going back to that, it's like the Band-Aid is like, here's your pill, here's your thing that it's just like a Band-Aid solution, like rather than going down to the root of, of your health. And so like financially, it's like the Band-Aid solution was like, here's your stimulus, here's your check. Um, this is gonna help you but like if that wasn't it, we started to see the root problem wasn't that and that's that's when we dove into like thank God for Bitcoin that um, song the Jimmy song and that group of authors wrote and that like opened Pandora's box of like whoa, there's a root problem going on here and the solution is like is so mind-blowing like it takes it took, hours and hours of study for us of researching bitcoin to really comprehend and so going back to like yeah we didn't want to just do want bethany to be just another like blue check mark um shilling bitcoin like we we wanted to like come out like in a very like authentic thoughtful. way and thoughtful way like hey this is something that's really powerful and it's it's for everybody it's for you it's for it's not just some I don't know. It's not just I some like think... financial asset. It's it's something that's very powerful and unique.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of people who may be listening too, they don't understand that. Like, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can stack Sats, is what they say. Um, you just buy little bits at a time, and over time, the the thought is to over time, it's it's gonna grow. It's inevitably gonna grow, and so. I just think like there's so much evil rooted in money that we have to be aware of that. And Bitcoin is a way to get away from a lot of those evils and also control. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the evils come in the form of control.
1: Right. I mean, one of the things I think you touched on really well in the silver lining is this idea that people don't really ever ask what is money. Right. And the, the Bitcoin discussion really starts first with what is money? Why do I use money? Why do I need money? Why is it the way it is? Right. Because like you said, with health, just with financial stuff as well, um, people just accept the status quo. Uh, they just accept it for like how it is. And um, it's, it's you, you first have to question it. You first have to see if you have that desire right before you even search for an answer.
3: Dog, Yeah, totally. And I feel like that's, that's where we were at. And that's where I feel like a lot of people hopefully start to open their, open their minds, their eyes towards that.
2: We lost Matt. The the dog. Dog child.
3: Is that a live Bitcoin card? Is that the coin card? CoinKite ticker ticker in the back.
1: you like my block clock? I apologize for that Uh, brief interruption. I've been
3: researching the block clock.
1: If I I don't let the dog into uh, my office while I'm recording, she'll bark on the opposite side of the door. And if I let her inside the office, occasionally she'll either get angry at what I say or she wants to protect the house and she'll bark. (laughs) Um, You mentioned behind me, I have the block clock by CoinKite. Yeah. Uh, made by my good friend, NVK. Um, I love all of his products. He mainly makes uh, hardware wallets, so you can hold Bitcoin on it, um, but this is- Just ordered one, actually. What's yeah, the, the name of that one? The, the CoinKite um, Cold Wallet. The Cold Card, yes. Cold Card, yeah. And the Block Clock is also awesome. You can display whatever you want to display on there. You can, uh, as Bethany said, stacking sats, you can display the sats price on there. Um, Well, you know, one of my favorite metrics for for getting in your head, like how early we are is sats per dollar. So right now you can get, you know, two thousand sats per dollar. Um, You know, people come in, they're like, oh, you know, I can't afford sixty thousand dollars. I can't afford fifty thousand dollars. Well, you know, can you afford a dollar? And if you can afford a dollar, then you can start saving for the future. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we nailed what is money. I think that's like a big thing that that I think people just need to question. You know, I might come off as a bit biased because I've been obsessed about Bitcoin for a while. Um, But I don't really care. I I think Bitcoin is the answer. And I think that, you know, Bitcoin will be the winner of the the money wars. Um, But the most important thing I want people to take away is I want them to question what, you know, the status quo is and question what is money. Um, And then to move on from there, I mean, in the silver lining, I think the other key tenant you hit was this idea of personal responsibility, right? So it's like you, you go from, you know, why is the status quo what it is? You know, what is money? And then, okay, so it's, it's up to me to figure that out, right? Yeah, and that that's where it kind of led us,
3: like, realizing as we went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, I feel like we're still just kind of peeking into it. Like, I feel like we've wrapped our head around a lot, but there's still so much to learn. But just the the fact that we can hold Bitcoin on our own phone, like in it, that the idea of the whole network that we're all underneath, like abiding by the same rules of the Bitcoin network and that we can hold that like on our phone. And like, you're probably running a node, like you're validating it. And like people around the world are validating it and the fact that that a bank or a, a financial institution isn't controlling what we own i think that's a very beautiful thing and that's something that we should do cuz like honestly
1: the government has gotten so huge and out of control <laughs> so you guys aren't using your own node yet is that what i get from that i don't i don't believe we run a node we oh. There we go. Well, we, we got to get you set up. If you need some help afterwards, I'd be happy to help you. It's easier than you think it is. It costs, you know,
0: $300. Really? Oh, okay, uh, okay.
1: thanks. Um, that's the next step. I mean, you have the right attitude. We even, even me, I've been in the space, you know, for, for a decent amount of time. Now you can never learn enough. We're always, you know, we're you're always a constant quest to try and improve the knowledge base. Um, and I think that's the right attitude to take it, you know, to stay humble. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's so 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 before we jump into Bitcoin Beach, I mean, so 2020, like woke you up a bit, it seems. Um, and then you started dipping your toe into into Bitcoin. It seems like what you guys are doing, like a kind of like a saving strategy, like a dollar cost averaging stacking sats kind of thing into Bitcoin quietly. Right. And then. You decided to come out with it. Finally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my tell I want people to know. And this is what every Bitcoiner hits, by the way, is they secretly do it. Well, first of all, I've gone through the same exact path as you. You hear about it. Nah, it's kind of bullshit, right? And then you wait, you wait, you wait. And then you hear about it a second or third time, and then you finally start dipping your toe in. And mm-hmm. then you do it secretly for a while. And then you've had enough and you have to tell everybody. Right. So you decided <laughs> to tell everybody on May 5th, you put on the, the laser eyes. Um,
2: we had laser eyes prepared like months before, but they just sat in our photo box. <laughs>
1: there you go. So I don't know. I just don't, like like, don't want to
2: have like a yeah. strategy. I don't want to just like okay. randomly throw on some laser eyes and people will be like, what yeah. is that? So if anyone's listening, like the Twitter or the online community of Bitcoiners put laser eyes on um, as like we're like, I don't even know what it means. But to me, it's like lasering, like laser vision on the Bitcoin and that that's the future. And our eyes can see further than a lot of eyes. Maybe
1: <laughs> we, we like to have fun on Bitcoin Twitter. And, uh, yeah. you know, there, I there's, like it. It's fun. There's, uh, we, we, we tend to have our like group memes that just kind of organically start spreading um and laser eyes has definitely been a very fun one uh especially as as just different like well known people started adding laser like we had a senator and a congressman add laser, laser eyes which is like just a ridiculous concept like i saw like people that was that a south dakota
2: lady or no who, who was that who was that which that south dakota
1: or north dakota senator loomis of wyoming well, I oh, Wyoming! So and nortons. she put on laser eyes, and a bunch of her constituents thought like she had been possessed by Satan or something. And there was like, oh, this, they had to issue a correction, which is like hilarious, right? Like talking. that's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh man,
3: what do, what's up with
1: Tom Brady? Is he legit? Well, we don't know because you know he yeah. put on the laser eyes, but he hasn't really said Bitcoin anything yet. You know, like yeah. you guys, you don't you guys know if the they're post. legit
2: because you look at Elon, you would have thought he was legit, but exactly. he's just. Not.
1: <laughs> so to those of us who have been here for a while, we tend to dismiss, you know, the altcoins and all these other um, projects. Uh, I, I, I personally think that it's good to have competition and I'm fine with people doing what they want to do. Um, but I think long term, we're talking about a fundamental change in, in how we view money. And I think Bitcoin's insanely cheap. So I think most people are cheating themselves if they're not just wholeheartedly focused on trying to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the direction I come from it. So it's, it's frustrating when I see celebrities and stuff decide to go, you know, the, the quick money path. It's the same thing we were talking about earlier about short term versus long term thinking. Um, the short term way to make a lot of money really quick is to pump Dogecoin, you know, because he's a billionaire and if you type if you put some meme out like he can get the thing up you know billions of dollars so yeah. um we've seen a lot of that and and people have grown uh you know very skeptical and uh you know uh very quick to pull the trigger to you know on expecting the worst of people and so it's really it's a breath of fresh air as we were saying earlier you come out may 5th uh, a silver lining and it's just purely bitcoin focused it really feels like the, the way we came into it, the way a lot of us came into it, it, felt very authentic. Um, so I guess what I was getting to was, you know, you just experienced your first real dip, like your first real, like you kind of May fifth is kind of, I, I don't have a chart in front of me, but that was like kind of the, the local top, you know, like that was like kind yeah. of, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, I was saying to the whole world to buy Bitcoin. So, um, how does that feel? You know, your first dip is always a big one. This is uh do you have do you still love Bitcoin? Do you, are you are you, are you, you <laughs> scared? You're trying to get rid of your Bitcoin. It it's funny because like
2: say. I was thinking like the last few, couple of days, I was like, oh my gosh, we're at like all time like biggest dip we've ever experienced. <laughs> and we're going into a Bitcoin podcast. <laughs> um Wait, but no. yeah, I know, but we have done like some decent research and we know that like in the past. The bull runs in particular have like two to three, 30, 40% corrections. So that was kind of on our mind going into it, knowing that we're in like a a cycle bull run. For anyone who's listening, it's like it's a bull run, like everything's very like uphill. Um, but naturally it's always been very like that. So some dips are a little more, but yeah, this one is a little like.
3: No, I want to say like I was more scared the first time it dipped like twenty percent since we bought it. When it dipped like twenty, when when was that? Back in January. Uh, yeah, yeah, January. That's when I was like, oh. But somehow this forty percent dip doesn't, or thirty five, whatever it is now, it doesn't feel as bad. It's more like she this morning she's like do we have any, do you think we can like liquidate some cash from the business account so we can buy more Bitcoin? <laughs> or like, how can we sell a truck real quick and get, get more? Like we're, we see that definitely as an opportunity. Yeah. It's like empty the couch so,
1: moment, right? Trying to get all the yeah. I would love to hear yeah, from yeah, you, Matt. Yeah.
2: Like, I think a lot of people could look at the history of Bitcoin and yeah, the compound annual growth rate is 200%. But What I'm curious to hear is like, do you think the landscape for Bitcoin moving forward after 2020 is different? Like I've heard Michael Saylor talk about that and I tend to agree with him. But how it's almost like we need Bitcoin more than ever today. Well, maybe not more than ever, but, you know, the aspect of just keeping our money more sound and pure and free from hyperinflation and basically stealing our time through all the money printing.
1: I mean, there's a decent argument that there's like a, there's like a turning point, you know, like a gradually then suddenly kind of thing, um, (laughs) which I, I feel like we kind of lived through during 2020, um, where like a lot of people woke up, a lot of people didn't wake up, but a lot of people started questioning the status quo because of 2020, because it just happened. And, and, you know, it doesn't feel like it, it's been a year, right? It's, it's been, a, it's been a, a long time this last year and, and people had a lot of lessons that they learned. So I am sympathetic to this idea that there will be a moment maybe, um, where things will accelerate. But in general, with Bitcoin, we have this thing, this halving cycle, right, where every four years, the amount of Bitcoin that's issued to the miners gets cut in half, right? And it just happens to be that on that four-year schedule, right, the first one was in 2012 and then 2016 and then 2020, you have those bull markets that you described where you go up, you go up a bunch, you know, like. 2012 was like it went from like $5 to $250, then back down to $50, then to $1,200, then to like $250, then to $20,000, then comes back down, then goes back up to 65 And you have them and they, they kind of match the four year cycles um, where the, the bottom is right before that next four year supply cut happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm operating under the assumption that those cycles, that trend will continue and Bitcoin mm-hmm. will trend upwards. And short term, it might go up and down, but long term, it'll just keep going up forever. I like I literally believe it'll just keep going up forever in purchasing power. You know, if the dollar is over, it'll mean like five years down the road, you'll be able to buy more bread with it or more steak with it or whatever. Um, so my strategy has been stacking sacks, right? And my, my strategy is you, you take your, your paycheck, whatever your weekly paycheck is, uh, if you're a paycheck earner and you just take like 50 percent of it. You know, after expenses, after necessary expenses, you try and be as frugal as possible and you basically dollar cost average into Bitcoin and, and just, you know, try and accumulate as much as possible while protecting yourself on this short term because you don't need it short term. It's just uh, a savings mechanism. If I'm wrong and, you know, Michael Saylor or some of these other guys that are saying there's it could be a super cycle happens where it goes up more like I'm cool with being wrong on that. Like that's, that that's, yeah. you know, even better than my prediction, but I, I'm just running out on the assumption that it'll just keep going with these four year cycles. And even in that kind of trajectory, you're talking, you know, if, if it matches the 2012 cycle, you're talking like an $800,000 per coin top before we come back down for the four years. And if it matches the last cycle, you're talking like a 300 K. And like, I'd be cool with it anywhere in the middle you know, I'm not like uh, I'm not a greedy yeah. person. That, that'd be completely I think fine anyone would
2: be cool with any price point there.
1: Yeah. So the dip that's happening now, buy the
3: dip. It's going.
1: It's just like you think back, right? And like I don't know when yeah. you got into in 2020, right? But like I had friends who were like going back and forth with me in November, September. Like, should I buy this week? Should I buy that week? Like the price was 13,000. Like no one cares nowadays if you bought a 13K or 15K or 11K or 8K. It's all noise, right? It's just, I wish I bought back then. That's what the thought is. And I think that's what happens here.
3: Mm. So true. Yeah. We're kind of like, there's like that meme of like that monkey with the wide eyes. And there's like me telling my friends to buy Bitcoin and then like the, and he did like the sideways glance after it dips, <laughs> like all these like new people coming to the space, like your friends are texting you like, why would I buy Bitcoin when it's like, K-k-k-k-k. and it's just not like, they don't, it's hard for them to comprehend it. So yeah, trying to d- drag people into the Bitcoin space is tends to be hard sometimes. I don't know, they kind of have to be in like a mental...
1: It's weird because they won't buy when it goes up, right? When it's going up, they're like, it's too expensive. And then it goes down, they're like, now it's going to zero. I was right.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good to have like, that's why we're just trying to get good content out there and, and like content like Jimmy's book and just trying to find like simple stuff that we can help people understand.
2: Yeah, I think at one point last fall, I was like, just buy and we'll keep researching because we had already been researching from like earlier in the year, but we just it was still like felt like a big decision, like, you know, putting your money into that. We hadn't really done too much like exploratory with our money, so to say. Um, but I was like, let's just buy it and we'll keep researching. We can pull it out if we like don't feel good about it. I'm
1: I'm telling you, you went down the same exact path as everyone. We we all did the yeah. same exact thing. <laughs> you you finally say fuck it and you just excuse my my language, you just say screw it and you just you just buy some and then you have to learn you're like forced to learn more because you own it. Yeah. right. And it was increasing right. in value, or you're watching the price. Um, and you just go down, you just go down that rabbit hole. It's really beautiful. I mean, one of the things that's interesting that you mentioned is like you guys weren't very sophisticated with your money right and this is something i get a lot uh i'm not a finance person bitcoin doesn't interest me uh and my response is like the cool part about bitcoin is that you shouldn't have to be a finance person to save wealth for your family like that's ridiculous idea that you're supposed they expect you to like go and like you know be an educated financial investor and 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 go into stocks and bonds and like a diversified portfolio or pay someone to do that for you. Um, to me, that's the complex thing. When you start like diving into Bitcoin, right? It's like almost in a lot of ways, it's simpler than the current system, right?
3: Oh yeah. I mean, you can sure. get you can get the you can get into the research of like understanding Bitcoin and go down that rabbit hole and spend hours and hours there, but yeah. Bringing it back to the simplicity of like, I mean, I think we both came from like really frugal families where it's like, we, you work hard, um, you know, so have fun, but save, save for the future. And so like putting money in a bank account is like, is for saving is like, um, second nature. Like, it's just something that you do, something that you do. So it's almost like shifting that mindset and they're like, maybe you shouldn't put it in the big bank account. Like you said, maybe you should allocate some to, um, if you want to like, for whoever's mind wants to wrap around it, like the Bitcoin bank account, like just put That's a portion there and watch what happens. Yeah. And see what happens.
2: And <laughs> even though it's volatile, they can remember that um, it has naturally gone up over and over and over. Even some of the biggest the biggest companies in the U.S. ever to create it, be created, Bitcoins outperform them in, in price action. Is that what it's called? I don't even know how to like. No, I mean, it's definitely, that. it's
1: definitely uh, its value has appreciated uh, in a lot of cases faster than public companies, public stocks you could buy. Uh, sometimes not the case, but regardless, I don't even think the magnitude is as important as just the, the trajectory, right? Like Mm -hmm. this idea that your value should appreciate over time. And this is something you hit with bank accounts. Like back in the day, your bank account used to give like 15, I mean, it was before my time, but it was like, used to give you like 15% interest year over year. Um, You literally could just save your money by putting it in the bank. You didn't have to know what the hell you were doing. You just did it. Um, And Bitcoin kind of brings us back to those roots. Like I to, to some people, they get overwhelmed. They're like, I don't know how this works. I don't know how computers work. I don't know how finance works but we don't, you don't know how your current money works. You don't know how your bank works. So if you just accept, you don't know how email works. If you just accept that this is money that should increase in value over time, then it actually becomes pretty simple. Then it's just save it, save it.
2: And it's like so much more than money too. It's like, it's freedom in a lot of realms for people all over the world. It's, it's for every single person. It's, it's bringing hope for people that have been suppressed for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, you could think of like America as being, um, you know, we haven't been as suppressed as some of these other countries, but we're heading into that realm right now
0: mm-hmm.
2: with the amount of money pressing and the price of goods going up. Um, yeah. It's so like- whether people want to acknowledge that or not, it's just, get, get your thinking cap on people because times are changing more and more each year. And there's always a, a hunger for control and, um, and greed. And if you just follow those two, you can start to see where it's coming from. And um, yeah.
3: yeah, no. And I think that's, what's beautiful about Bitcoin beach and El Sante and we've been down there to surf a couple times and I mean, the, the surfing communities is so bright and alive down there, but there is that, um, you see it, you see it, the poverty in the communities and other things. Like when we heard about it, like, Oh my gosh, we got to like talk about it too in the, in our blog. And, um, it's so cool seeing how Bitcoin's able to like create, um, sovereignty within that community and be able to like they're not able to have access to bank accounts and i mean there's communities all over the world like in the philippines and in africa like folks are not able to even have the means to open a bank account and they're able to work
1: and get a hold
2: of a smartphone and yeah pull themselves out by the bootstraps bitcoin straps
1: (laughs) it's it's freedom money it's it's the it's It's not going to solve inequality, right? But at least you give people a fair money that they can use and they can spend as they see fit, and then hopefully they can, as you said, you know, pick themselves up by their bootstraps, right? Because they don't have an oppressive money that's like pushing them down. Um, With Bitcoin Beach, it's you know a super interesting mission. I love the guys over there. Um, A bunch of my buddies are just down there. They've been trying to get me to go down there. I mean, I really want to unpack this because I think that what was really cool about your post and one of the reasons I really wanted to be a part of this conversation is like so many people, especially, you know, famous people are coming into the space and they come in straight up, you know, they say like, oh, I'm protecting my wealth, right? But they're really coming in because they think Bitcoin's price is going to go up and they're going to make a ton of money off of it, which is fine because I, I would be lying if I said that's not part of the reason I'm here, you know, part of the reason I'm holding yeah. Bitcoin.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but to me, the real thing is this idea of like freedom money, of money that uh, can't be controlled by a corporation or a government. Um, and I, you know, I, I think we need it more now than ever because we're seeing with the digitization of the world, we're seeing like greater control happen, whether that's in messaging or whether that's in money, right? You see like cash is stopped, you know, isn't being used as much. Um, so it was really a breath of fresh air to see you come into the space and just like hit it right away. Cause I I was reading the beginning of the post. I'm like, Oh, she's in it because you guys are in it because the, you know, the price is going to go up. And then as the post goes, I'm like, Oh, they're in it for both. And that's what I fucking love.
0: Um, yeah i mean
2: i don't know if we'd buy bitcoin if we think it was gonna go like that exactly <laughs> that's gold status gold goes strictly sideways but
3: <laughs> but understanding the technology and uh, yeah it's yeah the, it's just incredible like what it what it's doing for people and it's hard to explain
1: I mean, the big <laughs> The big thing in Bitcoin Beach, right, is that, you know, a a major aspect, so Bitcoin Beach is in El Zante, El Salvador, and a major aspect of their economy is this idea of remittances where people are sending money back from, you know, other countries, mainly America. Um, And, you know, fellow Bitcoiner Jack Maulers and his company Strike just set them up with an easy way for them to get Bitcoin from bank accounts in America to their mobile wallets in El Salvador. And that's where you really start to see like how powerful this can be, right? Because they don't have to have bank accounts on their side, even though you have bank accounts in the United States side. Um, They Mm -hmm. just need this mobile wallet. And then all of a sudden they like built a circular economy over there, right? Like, did, did you guys, when you were there, did you spend Bitcoin on anything? Did you like buy food or drink with it?
2: So we've been to El Salvador. We are going to Bitcoin Beach sometime in the next six months.
1: So you haven't been yet? And Never we not. didn't have
2: Bitcoin yet before we went, so
1: that's fair. Yeah, I it'll be interesting
2: because I don't want to spend our Bitcoin. I was like, "Hun, we're gonna have to spend Bitcoin while we're there." Like, <laughs>
1: well, you just spend and you buy more Bitcoin. That's the yeah that's
2: the strategy. Here. Yeah. So I'm like, um, we should be buying our money, our Bitcoin for El Salvador right now. <laughs> no. Uh,
3: yeah, and that's, I guess what introduced yeah. us like Bitcoin Beach was that um, the tragedy, Katie Diaz, and her yeah. tragedy down there, and then hearing about how the surf team was sponsored by Bitcoin and how they're going to build a training center facility solely funded by Bitcoin, which is pretty amazing.
2: I, I feel baby. bad. I got to run because I hear my baby screaming. But you guys wrap it up. Bitcoin, aloha, shakas.
1: Thank you, Bitcoin. Freedom, Freedom for important. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: you and Adam can wrap it up.
1: I love it, Adam. Me and you. Right on. Um, So first of all, Katie Diaz, is um, she was an Olympic athlete, Olympic surfer for El Salvador. Uh, She unfortunately passed away in a lightning strike while she was surfing, Um, and they're raising Bitcoin for her at katiediazsurf.com. It's a project that I'm very happy to be supporting individually, and uh, my podcast is also supporting it. Um, and I think it really shows, you know, how you can, you know, how, how much easier it makes fundraising these types of things. Right. It's like globally, they can accept money from, from anyone globally and they don't have to have any banking relationships whatsoever. They just put it on their website. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So, I mean, that was a real shame with Katie, but before I, before you leave us, um, I I just, do you, are you aware, I I feel like the listeners should know a little bit more about Bitcoin Beach. Are you aware of how it started? Dude, I don't know if I got
3: the full history on it. What, what, how did this, sorry, can you fill me in?
1: They had like a random, uh, so they were already down in, my understanding is they were already down in El Salvador doing humanitarian work. And they had a random Bitcoin owner uh, a couple of years ago. So Bitcoin was still worth a lot less, but he got in really early. Um, and he reached out to them, and he said, "I want to give you a bunch of bitcoin anonymously i'm not gonna expose my identity um and the only caveat is if you accept this bitcoin uh you can't you can't cash it out for dollars. You have to use it in a like a circular economy way. so they hit the ground running down there, and that's why they like built this there's this whole they they have employees that work for them they pay them in bitcoin they're providing you know sponsorships in bitcoin and then because of that you have this whole little economy that built up where they have you know ice cream shops and sandwich shops and drinks and all they all accept bitcoin because they know there's this like one funnel of bitcoin coming into the community um and it kind of just like jump-started this whole circular economy and i just it's just there's such a crazy I don't know. It's like very sci fi almost, right? Just to, to have like yeah. this anonymous, you know, maybe billionaire, millionaire just contribute this money.
3: So rad. We, we were talking to um, Pete DeSoto. He's one of the guys who works down there. Pete was saying like one of the, a story from down there, uh, one of the locals, uh, shop owners, uh, probably selling pupusas, you know, like that. Have you, have you, had
1: have you been down there?
3: Yeah. I have not been like down.
1: That's what I'm saying. I, I'm in the same boat with it's you.
3: Idea. Dude, they're like incredible, these cheese quesadillas or whatever. But these uh, surfers from Australia were like went to go get pupusas, and they're like, Oh, we don't have cash. And like, and then this local lady is like, I have Bitcoin, you can pay me in Bitcoin, and they were just like like minds blown, like, you can pay for Bitcoin, <laughs> you can pay for papusa in this third world country with Bitcoin and um so it's cool, yeah, how it crosses that global exchange of, of money and like it opens the
1: doors to so much. And it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier is like this idea of like gradually then suddenly, right, is, is, is to them now, I, I, I mean, I don't want to put words in their mouth. I haven't been down there, but I assume it's, you know, kind of second nature. They're probably thinking in Bitcoin terms. They're probably not even thinking in right. local. Maybe they're thinking in U.S. dollar terms, but they're probably already not thinking in their own currency. Um. Yeah, which was like how much? How many sats is that worth? You know, you
3: know. yeah, super. Because we were
1: talking about the dip, right? When we were talking about the dip, like to me, I almost I get hit with like a like a FOMO, like a fear of missing out, right? And I like mm-hmm. uh, the first thought I have is almost, you know, now my salary, which is paid out in U.S. dollars, is worth more in sats, right? It's like I I just got like a pay raise when the price goes down. Um, oh, I feel like yeah. there's like these interest in that transition period before you actually switch wholeheartedly to the unit account, there's like these little um, nuances of how like people's perspective, think about it. Right. Uh, that's almost like, I would assume it's what people feel like in these countries that have horrible currencies that the dollar comes in and becomes like their currency, you know, like in a lot of Latin American countries, you see that, but it's mm-hmm. something that as Americans, like is really foreign to us. Like I've thought in dollars my whole life
3: yeah and i imagine like dips like this
1: it doesn't even phase them because
3: everything is priced the same on the same standard and to think that the u.s dollar is not stable so i mean what they say it's been a four percent inflation rate this year but realistically that's manipulated by the cpi and it's exponentially larger than that so the dollar is not stable. So if you want to price things in sats, within that community, I imagine, they're not even phased by, by the volatility of Bitcoin.
1: Just yeah, the I mean, thought. They, they, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I mean, I, I assume, you know, to them, uh, to, to a lot of people that live in these, in these, you know, poorer economies, they already, they already, they already got past that point of, you know, what is money? And, and questioning the status quo because they've seen their life savings get get destroyed. Um, and that's something that you mentioned earlier. You, you said, you know, it's frustrating, like people don't want to listen. They don't want to. And I've just come to the conclusion that basically, you know, make, make, allow people to be aware that, you know, you think Bitcoin is the future of money and you're happy to help them along that path. Um, but don't try and convince them why they need it. Let them, let them come to the conclusion that, you know, my money is broken. I need an alternative. I need a solution. Yeah. And when they, have, when they realize they have that need, they will find you. They'll know that you are the Bitcoin couple. You know, they'll know that, like, that you're the people they should reach out to.
3: That's so cool. I, I feel like, you know, Bethany is really strong in her faith. And there's, so, there's very interesting tieovers, not only in like faith, and surfing and Bitcoin, I feel like they're just kind of like complement each other really well because, um, with our faith, you know, we believe that God has given us like going back to almost constitutional things like God given rights of sovereignty and freedom and liberty. And so, like, Bitcoin kind of brings that in. And, and then, like, with surfing, you know, Bethany's been all over the world to like, and that just happens to be like some of the most amazing surf spots in the world happen to be in these third world countries and so she's really in tune in touch with like we're not just living in some like white class suburban neighborhood like we we see a lot you see what's out there and we see the need for um a technology a tool to come in and bring hope and Ultimately, our faith is our hope, but like financially, like to have a tool like Bitcoin to bring hope um, is pretty, pretty awesome. So we're excited to to keep it out. Keep, keep getting the word out there.
1: I think that's a, <laughs> that's a great place to end it, Adam. Bitcoin is hope. I do agree with you. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. It's a pleasure having you in the Bitcoin community. Uh, so if you... If you want to get started on using your own node, I'm happy to. Like I said, I'm happy to help. Uh, you have my email. Um, and if you guys have any questions it. or concerns or things that you want to run by me, throw off of me, I'm always happy to talk Bitcoin. Literally dude. dedicated a huge portion of my life to it. So,
3: dude, you the man. Um, sorry, Bethany, I had to jump out of here. A two no month year old is, you know, you know how it goes. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch and maybe we'll hit up another another chat sometime. Great. Thank you, Adam.
0: Right on. Appreciate it. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation Recommendation or offer by BTC Media, the Left Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.